You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for our last Halloween recap of the year. It's a sad time because we have nothing left to talk about. It's an even sadder time because we're talking about a god-awful movie that I have no interest in talking about and that I didn't want to do in the first place, and that I was essentially bullied into you know, by Jamie. You just said upstairs, you're like, I don't know. You know, everybody in the 90s, they had two movies that they loved, and they were both crap. It was Hackers, and then this one. And do you think that if everybody else told you that it was a good movie, and you're the only one that says it isn't, who's the problem here, huh? So back to the intro. We're here to talk about The Craft from 1996, one of the two movies... That everybody in the 90s talked about loving, even though it's a terrible movie. Uh, and we have three points of view here. We have Jamie, who will introduce himself in a second, who loves this movie. Me, who hates it. And Rossi, who has never seen it before. So, can't wait to find out where this lies. Let's get into it. My name is Colin, and I am binning this movie. That's not really a real intro. Come on, get more creative. My name is Jamie, and this movie is awesome i will say getting older and i'll talk about it more but getting older i think some parts of it are worse than what i thought before but it's still a guilty pleasure i love that you criticized that mine wasn't a real intro and then you essentially gave a review in the intro showing how long it's been since you've either been on this podcast or listened to it um go your turn rossi and my name is rossi and i am the weirdo mister (laughs) see he gets it. He, he quoted a line. Doesn't mean he gets it. That's like the best uh, line in the movie. Listen, we're going to do this very differently here because um, this was supposed to be Rossi's episode to host, which we structured this month so that I wouldn't have to host the craft because <laughs> I hate this movie. Uh, and I'm hosting the craft. So uh, just watch. This is going to breeze by they, here. They can't watch us. Uh, yeah, that's right. There's no video. Uh, but... We are talking about a movie that I despise, and we can go back several years. I think ever since we started doing this, maybe two, three years ago, whatever it was, 2017, 2018, Jamie was like, "Let you guys should do the craft. And I'm like, I don't want to do the craft. And the next year, you guys should do the craft. I don't want to do the craft. And I think last year, finally, I was talked into it by saying, I will do the craft if we could do From Dust Till Dawn. We did From Dust Till Dawn. And now it's the craft. Now, I still had an opportunity to get out of this because I told Jamie, listen, you're the one who wants us to do the craft. You have to be on the episode. Fully expecting her to say, I have no interest in being on any episodes. You can skip it. And she says, yeah, you know what? I'll do it. First appearance in like, what, a year and a half on this podcast? That's not true. It hasn't been that long. It has been that long. So what? Let, let's start with you. What compels you to want to talk about a movie that actually makes me nauseous? I told you, I think that this is just kind of like a a guilty pleasure. You know, everybody has those movies that they liked from when they were younger. And it's funny because actually, even though you mentioned Hackers, that was another one. But I watched that again when I was older. I was like, wow, this is actually completely crap. Yeah. Um, But no, this one, you know, I I still have a soft spot for it. And, you know, certain things in the movie still bother me, but I, I really like it. It's one of those childhood memories for me. Okay, before we get into the full recap part, Rossi, weigh in. You had never seen this before. You were intrigued to see why I hated it. You Maybe you're going to side with Jamie. Maybe you're going to side with me. Maybe you'll be somewhere in the middle. But what are your and initial impressions on the craft? How, how did he not see this, too? How old are you, Rossi? Are, when did this come out? Are you, are you too 1996. young? 1996. I was two years old when this came out. <laughs> are you actually that young? Wow. I'm old. You are. 
<laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt you and, and Jack, your moment. What did you think of it? I feel like I'm right in the middle. Because um, I feel like, Colin, you described this as maybe the worst movie ever. Um, I don't agree with that. Uh, but I'm, I definitely agree with what Jamie said. Like, there are definitely some faults and some things that are like, ooh, um, that are off with it. And uh, it wasn't a great movie, but I didn't hate it. I think there were some parts that I was like, oh, this is fun. Uh, I think one of the things I liked the most is that it did not go as any way I expected it to. So it, like, surprised me. So I think that was what kind of made it more exciting than I thought. So not the worst movie ever. So let me just clarify here. I actually don't think this is the worst movie ever. Um, I think that uh, Swept Away might be the worst movie we've ever covered on the Oz Network. What about Mona Lisa Smile? Actually, I actually left the movie theater for Never that one. Never saw it. But but here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, the story, it, it, I'm not going to say it's it's a good story, but the story's coherent in this movie. Um, the performances are not terribly annoying. I find the characters annoying, but not the performances. I just there's something about this movie that just always bothered me. Like like, but at least there's hot girls. There's a there's some, but there's others that but aren't. But there's not hot guys though. Like Skeet Aldrich, no. Yeah, but no. anyways, back to what I was saying. Like this is just, it's just it's it's a movie that for whatever reason just gives me this upsetting feeling. <sighs> like it makes it uh, nausea is a real thing. Like uh, occasionally I will see parts of this movie and I feel nauseous. I feel nauseous thinking about it. I felt nauseous watching this movie. Uh, there's something about it. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's a gross movie. I don't know. It, it looks unpleasant. The effects are bad. I don't like the story. I'm going to get this out of the way now because I sort of teased it with Jamie. But in all fairness to this movie, I am not the audience for it. I was not a teenage goth girl. <laughs> so not the target audience for it. Now, we talked about this, Ben, as in we, me and Ben, talked about this uh, when we covered Little Women <laughs> for Oscars month. That we're not the target demographic, and that's fine. And I, I'm, I'm not one for saying, oh, you have to like every movie. You know, every guy has to like a movie that every girl likes, and every girl has to like a movie every guy likes. There are movies that are made for women to appreciate more than men. There are movies that are made for men to appreciate more than women. There is a movie that I didn't even realize it until I had finished watching this is nearly an identical movie to this, just a slightly different spin on it. And it's involving three teenage boys who oh. are not necessarily tight friends, but they experience something that gives them all incredible powers, and they form a bond, and they use those powers mostly just to be dicks, kind of like the girls in this movie. Not dicks, but <laughs> something else. Um, and one of them goes too far, and that's a movie called Chronicle. Which, oh, I thought you were going to say The Covenant. No, not The Covenant. I'm sure that movie's garbage. I wouldn't watch that just because it reminds me of The Craft. It looks like The Craft. But the that Covenant, one at least has Taylor Kitsch, though. <laughs> He's yummy. Maybe, maybe because Chronicle is a movie dealing with you know, boys, men, something I identify a little bit more with than goth girls, maybe I can appreciate more. But I just I feel like the, the Chronicle, it tells the exact same story and it has a little bit of emotion to it. And I feel like this is what the movie's lacking. It's just one scene after the other with no emotion, no characters to connect to. And for me, that's what sets Chronicle apart. Plus Chronicle, just a unique idea. I mean, stunt done Blair Witch style, like found footage, but it's a superhero instead of witch power. But Rossi, have you ever seen Chronicle? No. It's a movie we should check out just to I do the comparison. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. But you know what? It's funny that now that you say that, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. You did see it. No, no, no. Did I? Yes. And you said you hated okay. Chronicle, which again proves my point that... 
some movies are made for women to like more, but and some I movies are made for guys. I can see where you're like coming more. from, though, where this movie, like, it lacks a little bit of heart. There's not really anything that's <laughs> kind of, um, like, solid. But I really, really wanted to rebuttal to you and just say something and, ugh, and prove you wrong when you're, like, you know, teenage goth girls. But I actually was a teenage goth girl. <laughs> So I can't say anything. So that's I literally the was like all black everything, fishnets, like black and lipstick, everything. I'm, and I'm not saying that you have to be a teenage goth girl to like this movie. I'm saying it would probably help if you are maybe a, I'm not going to say nerdy, but like more middle, normal teenage boy. Teenage boy who's not a jock, not a geek, just like, eh average and un, 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 i was gonna say unforgettable uh what's the opposite <laughs> of unforgettable forgettable forgettable <laughs> just your average forgettable average teenage boy you're gonna identify with chronicle more because if you suddenly get superpowers but again i just feel like chronicle has heart but anyways we're gonna do this a little bit different here instead of recapping the whole movie um in sections we're gonna recap the whole movie in one because as i said there's no story to this and i'm gonna show you i have more notes for one episode of The Amazing Race than I have for the entire movie The Craft. Oh yeah, you, you're right. You, that's literally like this is literally. All I, I don't have. even know if that would actually, if that would actually be considered a paragraph. Yeah, it's it's not. That's even. like two or three sentences. But <laughs> I'm gonna basically cover what the story is of this movie, and then I'll go through a few complaints. We'll do it a little bit more just freeform here, review style. Uh, the basic setup is you have one new girl who moves into this new school, new home, and... Sarah. Great. Sarah. All right. She's boring. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> she's the hero of the movie, uh, and she moves in and is not befriended, but the, the other goth girls who are actual witches notice that she has some type of power, so they try to make friends with her. Uh, there's the flip side, where there's a very douchey guy, Skeet Ulrich, who's playing... Let's just call... Let's, let's call douches skeets from now on because he was made for this role at least say that much about skeet ulrich i mean he did in this he did in scream this is the skeet ulrich role so he's you know trying to get with her but uh when she doesn't get with him he spreads rumors about her this leads her to basically join up with the goth witch girls and start casting spells now they needed a fourth member she becomes their fourth member they all start developing powers they can do incredible things like change the colors of their eyes and their hair and levitate themselves and somehow this makes them so powerful that they're going to destroy the world but no that never actually happens in the movie uh they each through one of their own insecurities there is i guess a little bit of a theme to this movie decide they want to have some power based on this one lives the only poor character in this movie lives a trashy life and wishes to be rich and basically has her stepfather killed <laughs> uh, inadvertently and becomes rich one of them doesn't like a girl that bullies her so she has her hair fall out so she becomes this hideous creature one of them has scars all over her body and she goes through a medical procedure and the scars are healed and the other one just wants skeet all rich to worship her so that she can humiliate him that's the setup for the movie can I say that the the hair thing with the blonde that's I and it's I love bad. this movie but can I just say that in my entire life I think that's probably the worst effect I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie when she tries to make her hair blonde. Yeah. 
even as a child, I was like, wow, that's so bad. Well, to address that for a second, one of the major problems, aside from the fact that it's a really bad effects shot, and it's a low-budget movie, let's give it the benefit of the doubt. I don't know why I'm giving this movie the benefit of the doubt. Why did they pick the only blonde girl in the cast to just make her hair blonder? Wouldn't it made more sense for she's any of the blonde. other girls? She's a brunette. Rossi, back me up here. She's she's has has like light brown hair. She has very light brown hair. And she has like the best hair out of all of them in the movie. But if you're doing an effect where you're turning blonde, why don't you take somebody who is clearly not blonde? Like all the other three girls essentially have black hair, and you're taking the one that is almost clearly blonde already and having her turn her hair blonde. Look at this, Jimmy. This is this is a clip from the movie here. That is as blonde as it gets. No, she has light brown Rossi, hair. Rossi, what was the color of Sarah's hair? I don't know. It looked different in every shot. <laughs> it does. <laughs> this is very light color, Jamie. No, look at this one here. Yeah, that's, that's still wrong. light colored. Anyways, but um, one of the girls takes the power too far. Uh, has Skeet Ulrich killed there's a lot of death in this movie and no consequences and the other girls no one of the other girls decides to stop her now I'll get through all my basic issues with this movie that's the plot we're not going to cover the whole plot here but let me just point out a couple of things that bother me so far so (laughs) I don't identify with these girls we're supposed to identify because they're what they're outcast they're being bullied we don't really see a lot of bullying towards them. We have the, the one girl. What's this one's name? The hot one, Jamie? Mm, mm is right, but what's, what's her name? <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. Is it... Is the swimmer. It Ra- Raquel? Rochelle? Rochelle? Okay. Is so, that it? Yeah. She's nice, but... <laughs> but... She's the only one. I literally just watched this. How do I not know that? I watched it just before you did this. She's the only one who's actually outright bullied in this movie. But we're supposed to feel for these characters because they're outcasts. Now, in the opening scene, these three witches are talking about, oh, look at all these terrible people who judge us. Then have a security guard walk past them, and they bully the security guard. So we're supposed to feel bad for these girls who are essentially hypocrites. That's one problem I have with the movie. Why, why are, is there security guards or police in the school? You, you were know, hung I, up I on never that. noticed that until this time. There was well, the once where she's like, I love a lady in uniform. And okay. then the lady walks by. But then there's another scene where they're in the courtyard. They're eating lunch outside. And then there's a, a male police officer or security guy who walks by. I never noticed it before. Again, a problem with this movie because they're trying to imply, what, that this is some dangerous school? And yet... It's a private school. It's a Catholic private school. And yeah, people clearly pay mo- a lot of money to there go is to. O- the only character in this movie who's not clearly already incredibly rich is the evil one. Yeah. And she becomes rich. Yeah, Nancy. So, yeah, th- and not only that, when she kills her stepfather <laughs> by wishing him death, they get $175,000. $175,000 does not go that far, even in 1996 where they're suddenly... This her mother still doesn't have a job, so I don't know why they're suddenly rich. They live in an apartment with no furniture. All of a sudden, um, uh, yeah. The scene that uh, I'll, I'll go about halfway through the movie here, just with my complaints. The scene where Sarah uh, makes her power visible, where she changes her hair color. First, she starts with her eyes, right? It's ca- it's called a glamour. A glamour. Oh, okay. My apologies. So her glamour is she changes her eye color and nobody notices. And they even say, that's not impressive. You can even do that with contacts. So she's like, all right, how about this? And then she does the horrible effect of changing her hair color. And they're like, that's amazing. Has anybody heard of hair dye? (laughs) This isn't going to blow anybody away either. 
is just a stupid power. Like, we see them do nothing interesting. For a movie that's about these witches who become so powerful they could do anything, they do a couple things. One of them levitates, one of them walks on water, and then they kill a couple people. There's nothing all-powerful about them in this movie, and that's a problem. I feel like this movie is supposed to be really impressive what they do, and they don't do anything interesting at all. Rossi, if you could have, like, one power, whatever you wanted, what would your power be? What? <laughs> for, for anything. Invincibility. Like for, like, for me. Flight. You know, you guys are going to laugh at me, but if I wanted, like, a superpower... Just change your hair color. No. If I wanted a superpower, it would be, like, to... Just think of anything immediately that I wanted to eat or drink and get it, and then I would be skinny forever. <laughs> so I could eat all the cheese and bacon. I wanted all the chocolate and ice cream and chips and never get fat. Rossi, be honest. Is that your dream, too? Um, yeah, Jamie just stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> um, I just want to bring up a couple other things with this movie here, other than their, their incredible lack of powers and lack of anything interesting happening in this movie. Uh, so, they, the, the the one bully girl, the one that I like in this movie, that, that is not that interesting, she's just, she's the most attractive, uh, she, I'm being distracted by her, <laughs> I got this picture up here. Maybe, maybe put the picture down, okay? Alright, anyways, so yeah, she, she wills the other girl to lose her hair. Uh, now why is this girl showing up for school when she's obviously incredibly sick? She's got scabs all over her skin. She's going bald. And then we find her in the shower just weeping. Her parents let her go to school like that? Like, I'm sorry. I don't care, you know, how bad of a bully you are or whatever. There is no parent that's going to look at their daughter saying, you lost all your hair overnight. You've got these boils all over your skin. Go to school. Go to swimming practice. They let her in the pool like that? Like, I'm sorry. We took Casper to swimming practice. If a kid poops in his diaper they clear the pool out for an hour and they let this scab diseased girl in the pool these people are rich though like what if they what if the parents only had her as a child and they're like yeah you know what you're old enough to be home alone sorry we're like going to barbados for a month see you later <laughs> uh, that didn't happen in the movie so <laughs> well they didn't say it but you don't know um it, an issue with that i'll get into my main issues with the, the characters and everything that happens later on but uh the the, the basic setup of this movie is they all get revenge on somebody and yeah maybe the point of the movie is that they're I, I'm not complaining that the point of the movie is that they're using their powers for evil because this is the same thing Chronicle does and I'm okay with that but it's the fact that nobody has any redeeming moments after that becomes my problem but Rossi give me your thoughts on kind of the first half of the movie here um I didn't like all like the, the gory stuff about the beginning. I thought that was like when you were like, Oh, this movie's gross. I thought it was like, Oh yeah, I can see why you'd say it's gross. But, um, I don't know. I didn't mind the beginning of it. Cause it felt like true, like sort of outcast misfits of the school or like trying to get their revenge on all the popular people. Like you've got cliches of like the blonde girl and, and the, the douchey guy who sleeps around, but calls all the women whores cause they sleep once and stuff like that. Um, so it felt very cliche in that, but I think like the, the witch twist was like, is like a fun, like foil to that. So I think that was, that was fine. Um, and yeah, some of the, the weird things are weird, <laughs> like, like some girls getting racist comments toward her. So she's going to just make the hair fall out of the girl who's being mean. It's a little weird. Couldn't she do something more creative than that? Right. 
Well, I mean, yeah, it felt like a letdown for the powers. Like they're witches and they're. Have you ever seen the uh, the series Charmed, Rossi? No. <sighs> but but here's the other thing, Kate. Like, they don't actually even choose what happens. They just sort of cast a spell based on their wishes. I don't even know what they say, but she. It's not like she even says, "I want her hair to fall out." You know, so it becomes a problem for me later in the movie when suddenly. The, the the witch god who gave them these powers decides to take them back because you've abused these powers or whatever. They didn't say we want her hair to fall out. <laughs> you know? This is just sort of what happened. Uh, the, the love potion. Now let me get to this, okay? Big problem with this love potion. Uh, <laughs> not for any other reason than the fact that uh, it causes Sarah to call... Uh, what's her name? Um the the narcissist the the one with Bonnie all, yeah Bonnie okay so it causes her to call her a narcissist at some point right now I'm going to look up there are nine traits of a narcissist here we're just going to go through some of these and identify what a narcissist is because that line actually bothered me a person who's a narcissist would have a, a grandiose sense of self-importance okay that can match pretty much any of them in the movie living in a fantasy world that supports their delusions of grandeur that matches any of them uh, a sense of entitlement definitely matches the evil girl, right? I know. I'll get there, Jamie. Hold on. Exploits others without guilt or shame. Matches all of them in this movie. Frequently demeans, intimidates, bullies, or belittles others. They were doing that before they had powers to the security guards. Uh, I'm going to read one here that this is what Sarah, remember, who's claiming that, that Bonnie is a narcissist. One of the traits of a narcissist is needs constant praise and admiration. Now, the only person who gave a specific wish in their, their spell or whatever was Sarah to basically have constant praise and admiration from this douchey guy. She fits a narcissist more than any of the other girls in this movie. So basically, they all are. They're all narcissists. Yeah. Uh, but that's, again, just uh, one of the many complaints of this movie. A uh, couple other things that uh, bother me here. Now, first of all, the, the bookstore owner, Okay. Now, the actress, uh, I didn't even realize until I watched this pastime, is from a series that I've mentioned many times on here, which is called Sharp, which is Sean Bean made a series about uh, the Napoleonic War, uh, which is more a series of TV movies. And she played his wife in the first couple of movies that they made. Uh, so she's a good actress in a bad movie here and a character that literally makes no sense because she sells these girls all these books, all this stuff. And then when they start killing people, she takes no accountability for it. <laughs> like, zero accountability at all. And she also judges them. So she even says at one point with the, the, the book that gives them this, this incredible power where they can walk on water. She says, you have to be really experienced to use something like this. Now, first of all, it's a book that they find on the shelf. This isn't over-the-counter witchcraft books here. And all she says is, just give me the book. All right, that'll be $20. And then later on, <laughs> she's like... Your friend is too evil to use this power, but you're good enough. She doesn't know her. She, she takes no accountability for the fact she just created a monster. And how many other people are able to do this? Like, this movie never tells us that there's anything particularly special about these four girls. And the fact that there's just four of them and they know how to read a book. So how many other serial killers have they made out there? Um, well, there's the one that's like a natural witch, but is that why the other girls got powers? Who knows? They, they had powers prior so, to that, though, so, I No, 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 but Sarah is a natural witch, so she always had powers. It's just that when the movie goes later and she invokes the spirit, that her powers grow and she gets, like, very strong. But that's what I'm saying, okay. though, is it doesn't show the other girls are special. You're yeah. right. I, I 
I stand corrected. <laughs> I don't That's actually, because right. I think you're agreeing with me. Uh, one thing that I just found really funny in this movie is the mother of who's the, the the evil one? Nancy. Nancy. Okay, the mother of Nancy, who is showing off her jukebox, and yeah. they say it's all Connie Francis on there. Mm-hmm. Which I had to Google who Connie Francis was, and apparently she's like a really old singer. This this mother doesn't look old enough to have listened to music in the fifties, but oh well. Uh, <laughs> this is one of these things that stands out where you know you have screenwriters and filmmakers who are trying to be young and with the times but they just make a reference that's totally out there because they say Connie Francis who's that and the very next thing in the next scene when she changes her hair color they say you look like Lonnie Anderson another person who is like so out of date that has not been brought up anywhere in media like 20 30 years so it's just it was so clearly like a middle-aged person writing this line oh they're not gonna know connie francis let's drop lonnie anderson's name in there that would be like somebody saying now with it being 2020 like skeet ulrich you look like ricky martin yeah like ricky martin or skeet ulrich it was such an out of touch line you look like lonnie anderson who's connie francis um Uh, do I have anything else to talk about here? Uh, yeah, there's no consistency with the characters in this movie. It's very confusing that the the other two girls get shafted in this movie. Um, because they make this about only the two main ones. The one good witch and the one bad witch. But the other two have no character. First of all, let's talk about Bonnie. She has no character arc whatsoever. She's hot. She is. She's one of the two. But one of the two who's given nothing to do in this movie. Now, she loses her scars, which, by the way, is the only thing that happens in this movie that can't even be attributed to witchcraft because she was going through a medical procedure. So there's even the backup of saying, oh, it's not even witchcraft that did this. She becomes a little bit vain, as anybody would if suddenly, you know, they're not this hideous monster that everybody's afraid of. Uh, And she does nothing else wrong in the entire movie. Unlike Rochelle, who at least has the moment where she uh, sees the girl losing her hair and has a bit of sympathy, right? So you think they're going somewhere with the character. But literally in the next scene, both of these girls are just going along with Nancy and her evil plan to take over the world with the power of doing nothing. So you have two supporting characters who have no purpose in this movie and actually contradict earlier scenes where it shows them like maybe they're going to be good no they're not this movie needed to have some type of depth for the other characters and there just is none you know you know what's really interesting if you go back to the webpage you just had here the columns looking at imdb for this movie it's actually really interesting i never noticed this before but if you take a look at the IMDb page, you can actually see that they have the first and last name for some of the characters, but not all of them. Yeah, like well, guess which characters don't even have a last name like in this movie? Bonnie and Rochelle, there's yeah. no last name. But <laughs> Nancy and Sarah, they have and the same thing for Chris Hooker and Laura Lizzie. Uh, you know, there's, there's differences there. That's kind of interesting. I never noticed that. But when I saw that... I can connect it to the movie that they they use the names in the movie, the first and last. Right, but th- there's my point. They're so underdeveloped, they're not even given last names in this movie. Um, before we talk about the very end of the movie here, let's just get some thoughts on some of my arguments, if anybody agrees with them. What do you think about the characters all around? Rossi? Um, I agree. Like, I didn't really think too much about that when you were like, yeah, they didn't really have any defining moments. I'm like, yeah, you're right. They just kind of did whatever the one most interesting to them said. Like, at first it was 
uh, new girl and then it was uh, bad girl <laughs> like they just did whatever was like popular they were just like following the trend mm-hmm. um, so yeah and it's weird because they even gave them like they all had like somewhat of an interesting story to tell it's just like they dropped them halfway through like the idea of the girl who's like all like scarred up on the outside and doesn't see herself as beautiful and then she's like too beautiful now and everyone's like popular and everything it's just weird to, to just like drop off the story um uh you say the worst effect was the glamour of the hair i still think the worst effect was her walking on water really <laughs> i didn't think it was that bad i mean it, I, I thought it was at least believable but you know it's it's funny. It's, but how... Wait a second. Walking on water is believable. No, no, no. But I'm saying I'm saying the... yesterday. <laughs> no, you, a person can't change their hair color, but walking on water, no, I can buy I'm that. Saying that, like you look at the effect and it, it actually looks like it makes sense. You okay? I am talking into the mic. I I I may be looking at you with my eyes, but my mouth is this, and I I have a big mouth. I'm very loud. <laughs> I could be like across the room and everybody could hear me. You don't need to worry about me. It's I, gonna pick me up perfectly. I would normally edit out uh, little thing production things like, oh, can you talk clear into the mic? But <laughs> I have to leave it in there since Jamie says she has a big mouth. I do. Anyway. What were we saying? <laughs> the walking on water? <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, some parts of this movie, I, I feel like, um, like Rossi said, you know, they, they really could have worked on the um, the characters so much more. Uh, even, like, you know, this bookstore lady doing something more with her because I actually really did like her character. Or, you know, with... Um, with Sarah, the main girl, like her, her mom, who was a natural witch. And, you know, they mentioned in the movie that she died during childbirth and stuff like that. Well, maybe if they had some type of flashbacks of her mom being a witch, you know, like just, just something to add extra. I love that you're basically backing up my argument on this movie sucking. Well, no, like, okay, no, but listen to me though. And I know we're going to talk about this at the end and you said you're going to bin it already, but I, but, (laughs) but listen, this movie was not given to me. I bought it and I would buy it again if I lost it. Okay. Well, how much did you pay for it? $5? I paid $5, (laughs) (laughs) but but it was worth $5. I don't even know. Um, if I pay ten dollars for it, maybe they would have had a better shot of the glamour. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you, Rossi, are at least backing me up on um, the two underdeveloped characters here, because again, it, it's even more confusing when you have those scenes where they're trying to make you feel for these characters. Because of all four girls, the two underdeveloped ones, Bonnie and Rochelle, they're the only ones that you actually could feel for. You can feel for a girl who has scars she didn't ask for, who. You know, everybody hates just because they think that she's some hideous monster. You can feel for a person like that. You can feel for a girl who's being bullied because she's the only black kid in the school, which, you know, you have at least one character in this movie being racist towards her or whatever. You can feel for that. I don't feel for the two lead characters. I mean, A, you don't feel for Nancy because she really is a terrible human being. (laughs) She kills multiple people in this movie. Uh, and we don't see that anybody really does anything wrong to her throughout this movie. Uh, and Sarah, she had one guy spread a story about her, um, and that's it. But I guess in defense of Sarah, she doesn't really do much wrong to anybody else either. Uh, getting kind of to the end of the movie here, as I said earlier, I think it's a real problem that uh, 
essentially this comes down to a battle between two of the girls instead of four of the girls. Uh, an area where Chronicle did this better again is where they had a little bit of emotion in it. Now, it was the wrong choice as well to have the character who just moved there, who barely knows these girls, to be the one to go head-to-head -head with Nancy. This would be so much more effective if it was one of the girls, or even include the other girls in there, who actually yeah. have a connection to her, where they're like, you know, I can't believe you're doing this. Nancy and Sarah have no connection to each other. They barely know each other. So I don't care about their fighting. Uh, their fight at the end, also, you want to talk about things that just look awful in this movie. That fight scene, and I pointed it out to you, Jamie, and the, the, I, I imitated it, the babies laughed at me. Why did they feel the need to have the entire fight scene shot from, like, a direct point of view of one of the characters? So instead of seeing them grappling and throwing each other around, you get a shot of Nancy looking directly at the camera, flailing her arms. Like you said, it was, with a, nothing it was else. a cheaply made movie, and they were trying to make her look insane. Okay, but then why cut to the shot of Sarah flailing her arms, who is not supposed to be looking insane? She's she's in panic flight. It looks stupid. Mode. It looks ridiculous. Like it actually made me laugh out loud nah. watching this fight scene of them just flailing their arms to the camera. I disagree. With wind blowing and like, there's no stakes to this movie. And again, there were like worse things in the movie. Like when you when you were talking before, and I thought you were actually going to talk more on this, backtracking for a second, but. Uh, earlier in the movie when they have the love spell or whatever on this Chris guy and Nancy fools him with the glamour and I mean I think it's implied that they kind of started to have sex but um, but the thing is is you don't see for sure but you know for, for something like that you know it's amazing when you, you see you just wanted to see sex no listen to me <laughs> okay well no okay listen but you watch these movies or whatever that are meant for teenagers and you see stuff like this happen. And I was just trying to think about it. The other thing that you had complained about, it was the Harry Potter movie. Do you remember what I'm talking about? With Which the love one? potion? Oh, where, yeah. Where yeah. Was, like, the date rape potion. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, it's it's so funny. But, you know, you think about these things and how much would people be in an outrage though if it was the opposite and a guy did this to a girl are you talking about the scene where nancy rapes yeah, all rich in this that's, movie that's what i'm saying it's implied that they had sex it's it's not like really ever for sure but you know it, it, it kind of goes there because even when skeet Ulrich was on sarah uh you know on top of her trying to actually be with her when she's running away out of his car you can hear him trying to undo his belt. So clearly that's what he was trying to do was rape her. Mm -hmm. And she ran away. Um, but the thing is, is again, with these movies, you know, looking back at this, this time period and, and everything with teenage movies, I don't know why they thought that that was okay. Because well, if it was the opposite, people would be freaking. Again, like they're trying to make you feel like it's okay because he tried to rape her. And again, this isn't getting into conversation of rape. This is getting a conversation of what this movie sets up. He's under a spell that he can't break. That, as we see with all the other spells in this movie, it's essentially be careful what you wish for. Yeah. So, from the point of view of the audience, we're not supposed to believe this guy has a choice in what he's doing to her. But I, th I think, so too, that Later on when he dies, I, unfortunately, I end up feeling bad for this guy, even though he is a douche. Yeah. Even though he spread wild rumors about her. When he tries to rape her, he is under her spell to essentially rape her. And then he gets raped himself, essentially, and gets killed for it. And there's no consequences. And here's the problem with this movie. Uh, the problem with this movie. Lots of problems with this movie. Uh, 
these characters do nothing to obtain this power. We don't see them go through some incredible transformation. They discover some secret book. They buy a book off the shelf and they read it. Look, we got powers now. And when Nancy gets th- this ultimate power being filled by the god or whatever that gives her this like, power to walk on water and literally do nothing else. That's all she does. Uh, all she has to do is replace the word we with us. They make a point at the beginning of the scene and the end of the scene to have her chanting. And she's chanting me instead of we or myself instead of us. I instead of us. She has to replace one word, and this is gives her ultimate power. Like, everything that they show you in this movie is too easy for them to come by. When they have the power, they do nothing interesting with it. There's no stakes on the end, because we don't see her do anything other than kill one guy. Which she doesn't even kill. He falls, but still. And then the fight scene they have is between two characters who have no connection whatsoever, so there's no emotional investment. Like, this may sound like you're getting too in-depth for the crap, but there is nothing me to uh, like this movie plus i think the bigger problem is that there really isn't anybody that's likable and and you know i'm trying to run through all the characters in my head of of who's likable and it might be like the french teacher or like her (laughs) or like her dad the security guard who they bully at the beginning of the movie i'm saying like there's there's nobody that's really likable um yeah like at all what do you think about that rossi well this is interesting because we talked about this in from dusk till dawn your issue of no likable characters in that one. And we really have the same thing here. Okay, so I know that I was critiquing From Dust Till Dawn for having the worst characters. Um, weirdly enough, I think that was kind of the selling point of this movie. <laughs> what? All the characters were terrible. Like, none of them were, like, good people. None of them had, like, any real redeeming qualities to me. Yeah, but that was but the weird that's reason true. that I was, like, invested in the story. I was like, they're all not what you would expect a movie to be about. But I see, I don't get that, because From Dust Till Dawn is clearly a movie without a moral message, whereas this movie is trying to force a moral message on you, and I think a movie what, with a moral message, message... What's the message? Uh, well, first of all, people who are bullied, you know, uh, can fight back, and that be careful what you wish for, and that uh, they wished for things to happen to people and it ended up going too far, that's why you had that scene with Rochelle, who felt bad that the hair fell out. Okay, I, I, I can see so that. So I feel like when you have a movie that's forcing a moral message on you, you should be identifying with and liking something about the characters. Whereas I feel like from Dust Till Dawn, there's no moral message. Except that vampires can be anywhere, but even where you least expect it, and they still like to be sexy even though they're not people. <laughs> okay, Rossi, anything <laughs> else to add? <laughs> I don't know. I agree. Like the idea of what you said makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, why should I listen to like, be careful what you wish for and all this kind of stuff from these terrible characters. But like, I don't know. I feel in way, in a weird way, I feel like those can be separate and, and like you can have terrible characters and still get the message of this. Cause I feel like that's on you to, to, to receive the, the, the message and the, the symbolism of like this girl who has, looks like a, cancer patient Mm. well i don't know i just they're separate to me uh just wrapping this up we get the bad fight scene at the end we get uh nancy dies (laughs) or no she gets committed right uh so that's what happens to her and uh all the other girls saying they lost their power but sarah didn't lose her power uh which is the whole twist of the movie and this is why i say like you know is this what you were talking about how she was a natural witch i guess jamie yes yeah okay. her and so was her mom oh her mom yeah 
very present character in this movie. Uh, I do like that the the bookshop owner is essentially a, a weapons dealer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you this weapon that uh, is incredibly dangerous and take no accountability over it. Um, I, I, I love the moment where Nancy decided to slit both of Sarah's wrists in one motion as if forensics wouldn't say, how does a person slit both of their wrists in the same movement if they're holding the knife? Because they said it was going to be a suicide. They even give a suicide note. But whatever. A lot of stupid stuff in this movie. Uh, let's, uh, before we wrap up with our own opinions on it, let's just quickly go through, uh, reviews for this. Uh, what do we have here? Uh, it's got 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's disgusting. Come on. One says the campy magic often overrides the feminist message at the film's core. What is, seriously, what is the feminist message of this movie? The, the feminist on this podcast, Jamie, is struggling to think one. There's no feminist message in this no, movie. I mean, I don't really think so because even, like you said, that guy was under, like, yeah, he was kind of a douchebag before, but then he got put under a spell and he had no control over his actions. So how how was he supposed to come back from that? I just want to point out all the stupidity in some of these positive reviews, uh, praising the first half of the film as a celebration of adolescent nonconformity and female independence. <laughs> Uh, fem- they're, they're, they're just trying to use all the big words there. Adolescent nonconformity. Why? Because these are three outsider girls that all get powers to basically make themselves hotter and more popular. That's about nonconformity? Uh, no. Sounds like what any teenage girl would do. Uh, it's criticized this last half as being heavy-handed sermon about karma with garish special effects. I agree with that one. Uh, one review here says... Uh, a movie is a bubbling mess of a movie that leaves us more bothered than bewitched. Completely agree. That's totally you with saying that you feel nauseous. Yes, I feel very nauseous. Uh, this thing has a 6.4 on IMDb. Again, I'm saying this is one of these 90s movies where people who grew up in the 90s say they love it. Maybe it is nostalgia, but they just don't realize what a bad movie it is. Uh, the Hackers is the other one that Jamie mentioned that everybody in the 90s is just like, oh, I love this movie, and I always hated it. Uh, this movie did something. It launched the talent of Skeet Ulrich and Nev Campbell, who later would do Scream six months later. They're both sidelined in this movie. Uh, but uh, six months later, they'd be much bigger deals. You do have to wonder if the craft came out after the fact, if they would have had l- bigger roles in this, because uh, they are pretty much the only two famous people to come out of this. Uh, plot keywords. Do we have anything good here? Let's see. Uh Filling for time, filling for time. Witchcraft month, no. Uh, Bewitched month, no. Short skirt month, uh, girl wearing a mini skirt month. Pleated skirt month, there's a lot of skirt plot keywords in here. Uh, swimsuit month, nun month, crucifix earring month. Uh, experimental medical procedure month. Okay, let's let's take a gamble on that one. We could be talking about the craft, Dreamcore LLC surgeons at the edge of life and siren an episode called all in have not heard of any of those uh holding hands month green traffic light month i don't think we're gonna get anything good out of these uh just like the movie box office so this movie did open number one at the box office uh it uh did not open with a lot of money it uh opened just under six million dollars uh, six, sorry, just under $7 million. $6.7 million. It was number one in its opening weekend. Uh, it only grossed $24 million, just under $25 million overall. Uh, weekend it opened, it uh, was number one. Uh, number two was The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Number three was The Quest with Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
Number four was Primal Fear. That's a good movie. The Great White Hype, Last Dance, The Paul Bearer, and Barb Wire all opened that week. So a lot of movies opened. Uh, again, not a lot of classics. So you can see why The Craft captured people's uh, imagination that one weekend. And there is a remake that's coming out. Uh, Ross, you did say you saw the trailer for it, right? Yes, and now the line of the misfits or the weirdos makes more sense. <laughs> um, do you intend to go out of your way? Are you going to purchase this? No. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it for free on the internet. On some <laughs> like website. Uh, Jamie, do you intend to purchase the new craft movie? I don't know. Not that interested in it. I, you know well, what? Actually, what I'm, I'm being honest with you. Five. She spent <laughs> five dollars and under. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. No, I saw your, your web search there. I'm being honest. I didn't even realize that there was a new movie until I saw your web search. So I don't know how I feel about that still. You know, like uh, there was a new Charmed thing, and we tried to watch that one, and it wasn't as good. Uh, yeah, that was awful. But I thought the old one was awful too. No. Anyway. Uh, yeah the, you know what this one I, I think I think I mostly love it just for the nostalgia I think you know I'm surprised Rossi kind of likes it at all now that we've all recorded this together I think if I saw it for the first time I don't think I'd probably be too impressed or liked it oh thank you thank you so it is nostalgia for you yeah I think so uh, alright so let's just do our final reviews for this I'm binning it I said I'm at the beginning it. Jamie's buying it I'm buying it I just want to say Jamie has bought movies she's done nothing but complain about. I don't think you've done anything but buy movies. Yeah, but you know, sometimes I buy movies though if they're cheap enough and they just sit in like their plastic dust ja- dust jacket forever. <laughs> yeah. Rossi, what are you going to do with this? Going to bin it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but we've watched, I'd say at least five or six worse movies than this on the Oz Network. Okay. Can, yeah, can I ask you a question though? In like five to ten years from now, you're not buying it, but you see it's on a streaming platform that you have. Would you watch it again? Around Halloween. Perfect sure. time. <laughs> see, he would. Yeah. Um. You know what? Sometimes I like crap, okay? Yeah, quite often. And I I'm just want to say. I'm to like crap. Rossi, have you seen the movie Us? Jordan Peele's newer oh, movie Us? No. Uh, you've seen trailers. Did you see Get Out? Uh, I've seen clips of it. You've seen clips. Okay, good. Um, so, Get Out, Academy Award-nominated movie. Uh, Us, the follow-up. Us, definitely not as good as Get Out, but it is a crazy movie. It has great production Weak. values. It's very unique. Weak. And Jamie was doing nothing but complain about it. Well, the next morning, she's like, this movie is so good to the craft. But uh, yeah, that's no. just Jamie. Uh, so, we got two bins and a buy. Uh, we're done with Halloween month. I'm glad we saved this for last. Uh <laughs> Hey, now you don't have to do it again. Never again. Never again. Uh, I just want to say, I think the last time I watched this movie was when you bought it a couple years ago and you said, come on, give this movie a chance. And I told you, I hate that movie. And I got like halfway through it and I'm like, I honestly can't do this anymore, Jamie. I'm leaving. Uh, So this is the first time I finished it in uh, quite a long time. I think next Halloween we should do sequels to movies we've watched before. So the Craft Reboot, Scary Godmother 2. I did have uh, a movie that I watched um, a couple of days ago that I'm absolutely in love with now called Ready or Not, which is just... I have you seen movie. it? Yes. Yes! I've never seen it. I, I, I can tell by your reaction you're into that one, Rossi. But, uh, no, I like your idea, too, of the, maybe from Dust Till Dawn 2 and Twitches 2 and Halloween, <laughs> Halloween Town 2. <laughs> and then we'll throw in 
ready or not, just for the fun of it, or something good. Um, a scary on. godmother two is good. Which one? Scary Godmother two. Oh yeah, that's right. We could do that too. Uh, I've never seen the first one. Yeah, well, you should. It was great. So let's, Rossi. We'll quickly rank these. Uh, if you were to rank the four that we watched, what would your order be? I can tell you right now, my order is from Dust Till Dawn number one, Scary Godmother number two, Twitches number three, and The Craft number four. Um, I'll put Scary Godmother number one, uh, Twitches two. Not the movie Twitches two. Number two is Twitches. Uh, and I'd have to put the craft and then from dust till dawn. Oh, come on. I honestly believe if, if we revisited from dust till dawn, you would be more sold on it. Because I think you were more sold on it even throughout the recording of that podcast. Give me five years and then the nostalgia. Will five years. We'll do, we'll do the five year recap of the craft and from dust till dawn. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, you can also listen to the continuing coverage of Brendan Fraser or Fraser, as I've been corrected, uh, as we're going to be talking about Dudley Do Right, another movie. Is it Fraser? Uh, maybe, I don't no, know. No, maybe that's like the Australian way to pronounce it, Ben. Well, I know, apparently that's the way Brendan Fraser pronounces it, so I guess what? he would know, but we'll find out. Uh, the, tune in to find out the answer to that question and much more. Uh, Dudley Do Right, and then we're going to cover Bedazzled after that, and uh, stay tuned. We might have another fun idea, which was semi-inspired by The Craft. If you listen to our Dudley Do Right recap, you, you'll get a mention of The Craft near the end there, and how it may inspire what we're going to do in November, which will be kind of fun. Uh, and then we'll eventually have some Christmas stuff up there. And, and Amazing Race, now that we've finally gotten this crap out of the way, Amazing Race, I'm sure, is going to be coming soon. So uh, thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, let's wrap this up before I vomit. My name is Colin, and uh, I would burn this movie and take a dump on it if it was uh, something other than a bin. And my name is Jamie, and I am the weirdo in real life and on this podcast. And my name is Rossi, and don't watch from this till done. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.